Hello, everybody. Welcome to our third episode of the Horror Supernatural Chop Shop, starring me and co-host Evil Pris. I am Zach, Mr. Eyeliner, OG horror fan, and great guy who loves all the horror community. How you doing tonight, guys? This is Evil Pris, Jackie Hunt, real name right there owner and operator of the special effects company blood guts and everything nuts but also just a natural horror fan lover welcome jackie and evil pris i must say i i love that we are having so much great success and followings on instagram and i want to give a best a big special shout out thanks to all that have listened to our first two podcast episodes and the amazing ig horror movie loving community for supporting our big dream our big goal and the international horror movie lumber community that's also been very supportive to us and hashtag horror community unite please yes definitely and what are we going to be covering tonight for our special movie well this is a movie that you and i have been long in the works talking about reviewing and tonight we'll be reviewing the great 2008 american psychological horror film the strangers very good movie. We actually talked about the underrated piece. I agree. Which it was... should not have been. <laughs> yeah, I think the problem was like it was supposed to be released the end of 2007, and then it finally came out in 2008. It went against you know what we saw in 2008, like that was just, like traditional kind of teen horror, like fly by night kind of films. This movie was underrated with a smaller budget, like, I think of like nine million dollars, and. Yeah, it took real horror fans like yourself and me, me to see this movie. Well, everybody, especially at the time, was focusing a lot on the gore and the violence and the guts and everything like that. But and that's all well and good. But sometimes with horror, it also is psychological. I don't think people were exactly ready for that at the time. No, I 100% I can tell you, I living in that time, I can go back to that time. I don't think anybody was ready for smart intellectual harm or like thriller i think it was like oh blood and a killer and yeah that, i know that actor from that <laughs> show you know yeah i think it definitely was one of those movies that was very underrated it had a it had like the perfect plot line though it had the perfect plot line and you know it wasn't they were trying to off these people immediately they literally were torturing them all night like so many situations where it could have happened and it just didn't and I think it really legitimately as a movie is a good scare factor because it was based off of a few different real stories combined. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. The actual direct, the writer, director, Brian Bertino, like he had a scenario when he was a young child where he, uh, yeah, something happened in his neighborhood. But then afterwards, some journalists noted similarities between the film and the Keddie um, cabin murders that occurred in California in 1981. But he did not cite that as a reference. But what's very interesting is in the beginning of this movie, which I love, which follows in suit of like the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you hear a voiceover and it tells you in this year, 1.4 million violent crimes in America each year. That's the FBI stats that year. And that's meaning in-home burglaries and like killings and everything else. Exactly. And the thing is, is honestly, most... Not all, but there's a lot of horror movies that are based off of real life, and there's a lot of people that still don't know that. So, yeah. I mean, this is just one in a million, but it definitely 
it definitely brought the like psychological aspect of like this could happen to anyone like it doesn't matter who you are what your situation is or anything like that it could literally happen to you your neighbor anybody anything doesn't it doesn't matter you know yeah like this movie did not put us in like okay we start this movie off and like you said uh, all right, we're going to start just killing off the characters right away. Uh, again, if you've ever seen the sequel, Pray at Night, which is, I don't know why they ever made that, they kill off like the main actress character within like 15 minutes of that movie, and that's not even in vain of this. What this movie did was give you a, a voyeuristic experience, kind of even feels like Hitchhockian, where you're you're basically being brought into the window of two people. And I love that it's just two characters, and you're seeing in the yeah. beginning of this movie... These are just two people and something really, something went on with them. And you realize, okay, the main character who, the main female character is kind of broken-ish. And then the male character, his heart's broken because you find out she didn't accept his uh, marriage proposal. Yeah. And then you're pretty much for literally the whole remainder of the time, you're literally just kind of, I mean, you know, something's going to go down. And honestly, oh, yeah. wait, I'm going to say this right now. I'm going to say this right now. When you're off into, like, the woods area where, like, you know, there's not a hell of a whole lot going on, but still it's just kind of creepy, you never leave your girl alone. Never leave your girl alone. And I, mean, I, I, I guess that she, she wanted cigarettes. I don't eat them, but yeah, I'll, you won't be able to fall asleep, honey. Like, yes, I will. No, you won't. So he goes out. I needed to drive around anyway. So he leaves to get her cigarettes. She yeah, but I'm cigarettes. saying, like, why would you, like, you don't do that. You don't leave your girl alone when you guys are off into the woods. No, not at all. And it's like, it, 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 first of all, it's like so like, tragic. Like, you start this movie up these characters. This can, this could be like any kind of really great movie to start with because this, they walk into this house where, as soon as they walk in, when, how, when did you do all this? She says. And James, the, the, the boyfriend now, so like, he's like, oh, earlier today, my friend Mike. And like, yeah, he has the flowers set up, the champagne and everything, thinking she was going to say yes to his proposal. So this guy's just having the worst day of his life already. She's feeling guilty and having the worst day of her life already. And then they're walking, walking into his house. I think it's like his family. Like that's where his father brought him and his family. And whatever time, that's the family house. And she's in this house. And from there, yeah, you're in the middle saying, of nowhere. I'm saying, it, I'm saying in general. Okay, so basically, some of the rules of like a horror movie going to like a campground or cabin or whatever. Number one, again, like I said, don't leave your girl alone. Number two, number two, <clears throat> make sure the phones are working. Um, let's see, number three. Yeah, just don't fucking be alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, There's a know, lot of different aspects. But all in all, I will say that for the what they did, of they had a little bit of blood and everything like that, but they didn't focus so much on it or anything, but you really felt like you were there. Yeah. They, things they, where they would sit there and there were plenty of situations where they could have killed them. But again, this comes into the like psychologically torturing somebody. It's like, at that point, you want to fucking, at that point, say, just kill me already. And it's like, and that's the really messed up part about it, is like, they just won't. And these people know it's going to happen, they just don't know when. And that's, like, more scary than, like, any kind of gar, like, gore or horror or anything. Yeah, and like with this movie, uh, if you're going into this, when I've seen this in the theaters, 
this wasn't like a horror movie. This wasn't a horror movie yet. This was like a really tragically like you feel for this couple. They're going through this stuff, and you feel for her when he she's all alone. And all of a sudden, you hear like you hear that whole knock. And to me, that scared the crap out of me in the theater because like you see these wood doors, and again, you saying a house in the middle of nowhere in the forest area, and and these big wood doors. You hear a knock on the door, right? And okay, you open the door. It's poor lighting, and you can barely see this girl who's in front of your door. Dude, I'm sorry. If I went to go open my door and, like, the lights were... At 4 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, there's, like, I literally wouldn't open the fucking door. I mean, I'm just going say that right now. And if you live in, like, say, that desolate area where there's nobody else around, who the heck would be knocking on your door at 4 a.m. in the morning if it's not, like, a drug dealer or something like that, yeah, you know? Also the, also, the bigger point is, is she was alone, so it's, like, no offense, but bitch, what are you doing? Exactly. So, what is she doing? She goes in that scenario, and all right, you don't see, you don't know what's up. But like I, that whole phrase, like the whole thing with the stranger person who's in front of the door and she opens it, is Tamara home? Is Tamara here? And no, this is when James is still there, and James go, you know, he says, no, there's no Tamara here. Okay, and then she says, I'll see you later, and like at that point, you like. In your head, you're like, why would she say, I'll see you later? I mean, at that point, it's pretty obvious. So I'm going to say that right now. Like, say you or her, would you still be there after she said, I'll see you later? Well, she didn't have a choice. She didn't have the car. So this is my whole point when it draws back to the very beginning when I said she no, left her alone. No, no, at, at this point, this, this, is, this is before James leaves. This is like when they open the door together and she's there. Oh, yeah, no, I would have dipped out of there like within two seconds. I would have said we're fucking leaving. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Oh, yeah, I need cigarettes, but let me come with you and get the fuck out of here, you know? Yeah, actually, that was actually, I forgot totally about that. That's a question I kept actually asking the whole entire time that I was watching it. Like, why the hell didn't she go with him? Because he needs to, like, you know, drive around and get some time and whatever. That's, that, that's pretty much. It doesn't much... matter. Like, again, like, I, it just, it goes back to the very beginning of, like, you no, there's no way I'd be like, okay, I'll just wait here all by myself. No. Okay, so once our James is away, and she's just, you know, she's finishing. And I love this. It's like, it's, it's like you're, you really are in the inside. It's like, I'm not going to say like that Truman show, but you feel like you're in this. You feel like you're actually watching someone's life, like literally on your TV, like a real person's life. Because you see regular movements by Liv Tyler playing this character. You see her just walking around. She gets that butt of that cigarette. She lights it. She, you can see her relaxation when she's smoking it. She pours herself some wine. And all of a sudden, during this whole scenario, you're, you know, she's playing a record. You see the first figure of these killers with a male, as you see in the background, in that great directly, great edited scene of in the shadow with a white mask on. You don't know what the hell is. He's just watching her. She does not know he's there. And then you know from there, that's going to, this is real fright. Well, exactly. Like in the fact that he just moves out of the way really fast. But all in all, it was definitely a very good underrated movie for its time. It definitely should have gotten way more stance and praise for it, and it didn't. And that's actually very unfortunate. Yeah, and I just like we're like fast forward to our review. So let's just come back now to big pounds on the door again. Big pounds. This girl comes back. She's hammer home, blah, blah, blah. She's freaking out. She goes and hides in the room. Finally finds a phone to call her, her boy, James. As she's talking to him, Mine goes dead. 
and back inside the house. She is hiding in the room, and she's, like, scared for her life. All of a sudden, James is back in the house. What are you talking about? They're, they're back. There's people in our house. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. There was somebody in our house. They threw my phone in the, the fire pit. And he goes and comes. He doesn't see anybody. He brings her with her. From like, it's, it's just like it's mind games. It's like the whole movie. They, you're watching these two people being like cat and mouse, or like they're just they're just like prey for a monster. You know, in a lot of ways. Yes, and well, and it's. I mean, it's one of those things where no matter what, it was definitely a movie where they didn't have to rely so much on doing a lot of bloody stuff or anything like that. They were able to play with your mind a lot. So I would say for its time period, definitely for its time period, I would be like all up on it. Like in general, they just, they had the whole plot line was perfect. They had the setting perfect, right place, right time. It just checked, it checked all the boxes except for obviously like the blood because it, Violence was still there. They were still being very violent at the points when they had them, like cornered and stuff. So, yeah. And as you say that, I want to ask you: like, I don't think we needed that blood in this because we get we got so much out of it. You did, you did. No, but you did at the very end when they finished them off. You actually did. I mean, you still had to show them finishing it with Halloween. They didn't use much blood, but a couple parts were someone got stabbed they used it but they didn't rely on it so this definitely needed the little bit of what they were showing i mean they got stabbed beginning so when we get to like that scene though when like that we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit but when we get to that scene i'll talk more about what i think is we got a good amount of blood but let me just continue on this where okay where the whole time before he even leaves the beginning he talks about like i'm going to stay with my friend mike he's going to get me First of all, she knows your friend Mike. You have to say my friend Mike. So that kind of like irritated me a little bit as I rewatched it. And then when we finally meet Mike, which I have to give a big shout out because I know the guy, Glenn Howerton from uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and AP Bio. Very cool dude. Actually worked in this movie because he's friends with Brian. And that was cool to have him in there. But then you see him like, you know, something goes through his window. He goes in the house as the, as the buddy. And he's like, hello. And best friend James with the shotgun shoots him in the fucking face. <laughs> Well, because at that point, they were messed with so much, though. I mean, like, everything you're saying, it has a point to all of it. Anybody that has seen the movie, they know that, like, at that point, they're just, they're done. Like, they're not taking You would eventually probably do it, too. No, that's 100%. That was going to be the faith of anybody that walked in when they are that freaked out. Like, And again, I wouldn't just walk into a house with an open door looking for my friend. All this shit broke in and be like, hello, by an open door. Uh, I wanted to say that one. He didn't scene... even say he didn't even say hello. By the time he said hello, like the dude shot him, so he waited too long to actually even say hi. Yeah, and right before all this happened, it's funny when this is something that really stands out to me too. As like Liv Tyler and him are, they, they found the gun, the shotgun. She like he's basically loaned the gun and everything, and she's telling him he's like not figuring out. I don't even think I know how to load it. And then she says, "You said you went hunting with your father," and she's like, and then he's like. I just said I just said something like that to you, and you see her look on her face. It's priceless, in my opinion. She's such a good actress in that scene. 
Because, like, wow, he doesn't even know how to use a gun, but he gave you the story to make him look machismo when you first dated, probably. <laughs> now yeah, you're... but, okay, but you can't really, like, that That happens in real life. So you can't really say that that's, like, a cheesy thing that just wouldn't but happen. This, totally proves, this, 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 should, this should prove to all men, if they're going to lie about being able to use a gun, and then somehow, years later, you and your woman, your man, whoever, your, your loved one is in a scenario like this where it's time for you to actually use that gun, you suck because you should have probably learned how to use that gun. This is the time to know how to oh, use yeah, that gun. Yeah, exactly. You should have actually, I like could have lied about it at first, but you probably should have point learned how to really use it. Well, if that really did happen, then you knew. So he kind of he kind of messed that up for himself, you know. A hundred percent, and that was like a a great re- again. This movie it gives us two real people. It's in, in reality, this is two real people that you or I could know in real life that would go in this scenario, have this kind of it's real relationship stuff. It's a real conversation between two people before everything. They are real people now in this situation together. They're trying their best to hold on, and they don't know why this is happening to them, and no, neither do us as, as an audience. We don't know well, why this is happening. Well, the thing is, actually, the whole thing is, is in the very end, like... They never, that's the really okay, cool thing let's, let's, let's not get the end away yet. Let's not get No, I was going to say the cool part about it is they never actually had a reason. Well, there is a reason. I think it's one of the best taglines I've ever There was heard. no real reason. As, as we finally hear when they are finally caught by the three killers and, and Dollface, who's asked before this, the character of Dollface, and Kristen again asks her as they're tied up and they know about that to die, why are you doing this to us? Because you were home. And that is the reason. Because yeah. they were home. Okay, but the thing, I still just don't find that, like, a, I guess. <laughs> that's well, like, like always... If you have three killers, that, that's, I mean, that's as good a reason than anything, right? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. <laughs> like, like I, I think that's the creepiest answer you could ever get. Like, right before I die, why are you doing this to me? Because you were home. See, huh. and that's that's the thing though is like that's when she should have just said we're leaving right now, and they would never would have ended up in that situation. But then again, if they didn't do that, then we wouldn't have the movie, so we wouldn't it, have the good movie. And it was so appropriately, it was so appropriately shot. Like you could tell, like that, it, it goes down to the editing, it goes down to like production, it goes down to costume, it goes down to the whole crew of that movie where they work so nicely together. Where you saw the scenery so beautifully, the shots, the inside of the house, they they timed everything when things were broken, uh, phones in the like the fireplace, they the shots of the characters when they're hiding off in the dark, very well edited, very well shot camera wise. Yeah, <clears throat> I agree with that statement right there. And so. then, with, and we're gonna cut to as they all have them. Uh, they have the two now tied up. They're sitting next to each other. James banged up already. Kristen is a little banged up. Uh, you know, tells James she loves him. The killers take their mask off, and you know, as a horror OG, and I know as a horror OG, if we're tied up and they take their mask off, do we have any way out of this now? Not really. <laughs> yep, not really. So they start on James, start taking stabs and whatnot at him, and you see the knife really going to him. Uh, like, that was real brutality. It's like if you saw something like on uh, eight, like one of these like law, like one of these law shows, these crime shows, and you see a reenactment and they don't go that, that far. This is like a real reenactment of if someone was really held at a home invasion and we're just doing this because we're killing you because the fun of it, and they're stabbing him. She, uh, 
he takes a shot, the other one takes a shot, then they go into her, and they take, like, stabs into her. And as I watched the unrated version, so you just get a little extra the unrated version. In the unrated version, Kristen actually crawls up to the stairs where dead Mike is. Mike's phone is ringing. She goes and tries to call the cops. Hence, another call you might hear in the beginning of the movie. And no, all of a sudden, you see the guy, mask the law, the killer, take the phone, just look at her and walk away. And she just falls back to the floor. Yeah. And that's pretty much the movie. Nope. And, and until we get the two I know, characters. and then they end up like, then the screen goes black, and then they go to, they're walking down the road, and there's a pickup truck. Like. <laughs> a Ford pickup truck, if no another. Yeah, found on road dead. Yeah. And it, what, I, what I love so much about that ending was after they, they ride off in a Ford, you know. Well, those they, were the, yeah, but those, the funny part is, is like, they were the Bible kids, and they, you guys sinners and she's yeah, yeah. you know she, yeah, she's like he she goes out she's like can i have one and are you a sinner and so and then she like she said no sometimes <laughs> these kids look like they pooped their pants and i'm serious like these kids like i were their god-fearing kids and they're like wow what did we just no know? they didn't they didn't start freaking they didn't start freaking out till the very end when they called 911 seeing fine before that I can tell you the kid that when like, Kristen Liv Tyler's character, when he's like trying to see if she's still alive and she starts screaming, that kid is in therapy the rest of his life. Probably. And but that I'm was... saying I'm saying that's understandable when they freaked out at that part. Before that, they were fine talking to them. Yeah, you, you know, at the end of the day, because you're like God fearing kids, you're probably like Amish and whatnot. I'm not going to assume, but this person's asking for a pamphlet and you ask him, "Are you a sinner?" And they say, "Sometimes." All right, yeah, you're probably not scared of that. And then you go, you know, and you go to the house. That's the part where these two kids are just traumatically, like, they're done for the rest of their lives. They're in therapy. They're becoming the next, like, talk show, like, guest, you know? So, exactly. I would say, what is your opinion on your rating title on this, though? And I'm going to say, in this movie, let's do our, like, our rating on Scare Factor. On Scare Factor on our Chop Shop scale, I'm going to give this an original Scare Factor of just brilliance of out of a four a three 100 as a scare factor you turn all the lights off in your house or your apartment by yourself or with a, somebody else and you really watch this movie it's a scare factor 100 percent out of three for me i was about to okay so for me i would say all in all scare factor right amount of little bit of gore not too much storyline plot setting everything honestly i'd have to say if i had to pick for one out of ten for just everything i would say a 10 like honestly i have no complaints about that movie i i've always appreciated everything about how they did it to be quite honest oh if we do that like, one out of ten now i'm gonna say like I, that that was just my scare factor out of a one out of ten for like just the perfect for scare like, factor for a scare factor it would be of all four for me for a scare factor Stand on like actual one to ten of this movie being our chop shop horror film. I'm gonna say a hundred percent, like a nine point five. Just I'm leaving out five percent because maybe a little bit more could have happened with uh, some more interaction with the killer's d- dialect in that truck scene. No, it wouldn't have made it what it was though. I think they did it perfectly. I think exactly everything that they did about it, like honestly, they did it perfectly. 
I don't think doing more, I think if they tried to do more with it, then it just would have been too much. It would have been a too much of a factor. Sometimes if you, even if you add one or two little things to tweak it, it can actually kind of ruin it a little bit. So. No, hundred percent. And I'm not going to say like, I'm doing a 9.5 and not really, because I'm just going to leave the 5% out because I have to, I'm going to say it's really a 10, but I'm going to say 9.5. So I don't hundred percent have the same exact score as you, but hundred percent. This movie is one of my favorites to recommend to people who have never seen a greatly written, directed scare fest of a movie with passion, great acting and a storyline that was well thought out and proven. Exactly. So you do an, you have a 9.5 on that score. I have a perfect 10. Boxes of what they needed to do. All right. I'm going to do a perfect 10. We're agreeing on this again. We don't have to, but I, I agree on it. I was trying to be a little, a little, a little different there, but no, it's yeah, definitely I, I was about to say, you know, we can agree. <laughs> I know. And I know. And even like, I got to say, watching the unrated with just like two, maybe like one minute more of the movie. That would 100% jumps me to a 10 just to see Liv, like Liv Tyler's character try to attempt to take the phone. And you see this killer bench down, take the phone from her and take away the last hope she has. Yeah, pretty much. So, all right. That was our review of The Strangers. And I hope you guys like that review. Let us know what you think of our scores and our reviews. Listeners, we are very much supportive to all your criticism and your reviews. So, you know, at the end, we'll give you our channels of where to follow us and comments and our emails and all this. So look forward to that. Now I am going to go into our real quick, great new segment that everybody's going to be loving because it's our weekly makeup costume design look chop shop bloody session talk and we're gonna start with evil pris as one of the most talented makeup effects horror artists in the industry i know giving me her review of that from this movie so uh makeup and gore factor basically honestly it's pretty much all like i said a 10 they were creative with what they needed to do with how they designed. I mean, it was a pretty simplistic movie. So, I mean, I know you had a couple of questions for me regarding the different scenarios of the movie. So what would be your question to me, like of what you would think of chopping the shop about this? Well, like, that's a great. So what I want to ask you is, as you said, your opinion on what you just said, um, this is a movie that is simplistic and now with the killers. I want to ask you, when it came to them giving the killers a style uh, approach, a style aesthetic with their mask, with their whole personality, is like baby face, uh, you know, baby doll. She defined that, that term, her name is baby doll in the well, credits. Here's the, here's the thing, for that, quite quite honestly, the, for when it came to their masks, they kept it very, they kept it very simplistic. You probably could have gotten those masks at any kind of Halloween store for maybe like five bucks, maybe, or less, 10 at the most, less than that. But the thing is, is the way they did it, it was so, it was still very simplistic, but very creepy at the same time. And then what they had them wearing for their apparel, I mean, the main guy had a burlap sack on his face and he was wearing like a suit. So, I mean, yeah. I thought it was actually very creative that they kind of had them looking a little, some, the couple, like one of them, like doll, like the other one, pretty basic, but it was just, they didn't have to do too much to put 
that kind of scare factor into it when it came to the costuming of how they wanted to do it. I mean, you would never expect that, you know, some dude in a burlesque suit with their face and then a suit and everything. Like, it's just, it was all around very much put together in a perfect way. They kind of made them look <clears throat> kind of formal, but not at the same time in a way. Yeah, I find it very fun. That, like, funny, like, if you ever like see the cast or the credits of that movie, the male character is just known as, like, uh, I think, man in mask. And then, like, obviously, you have the girl character, Dollface, and then the other uh, female character is Pinup Girl. And uh, maybe they named the characters after the mask they picked, you know? They did. Yeah, I think so. They definitely did. That's what they had to do so you knew who they were. They definitely did. They did. That's what I mean. They didn't have any kind of special characters. They just kind of were there. And as acting, like how they chose the actors from the three killers of this film, I don't even know what how they went into that strategy. It's so weird. I'll explain why. Like, so Dollface is played by at the time Gemma Ward, who is a famously known like Australian supermodel. And like, how did she? Why would she? Like, it's so weird that she did that role. And then the other female character is an like an old school like actress from TV and movies a lot older than that girl's character. It was very much like, I think that the director writer, right? Director had just met certain people and said, you'd be great behind these masks. You're how you move because as you see the characters, they move in such frightening, creepy ways. Yeah. I was about to say in all, it's kind of like, it really does actually get under your skin. So and the co- like I said, the costuming in general, they gave them all their own little individual look and personality. Yes. And then, okay, let's, I have to ask you a, one more question about like that term in this movie here. When it came to the, the, the end, the brutal, the killing part, again, how would, how would you react? How would you say how they stabbed and how like you saw the boot? Like, did they do that well, they, in they, a realistic they did, way? They, yeah, they did really well with that. And that's the thing. I mean, I don't know. I don't know exactly how they did it. I wasn't there, but like, it's cool because I mean, they pro they might have used CGI. I don't think they did, but if they didn't, I'm sure they rigged it to like be a retractable type knife or something. Cause like that thing looked like it was going in. Yeah. Because again, $90 million budget in that year, they did not have the CGI budget. Yeah, so I think that they probably were able to rig up some kind of retractable knife or something like that because like that looked like it was actually going in, so. Yep, and you know, as we end that talk in the movie, I just want to bring up one fact that I don't know a lot of the horror fans know about this movie. During the time there was a film school, I had to take this note for both of us. Uh, his name was Kevin Weltmore, and this is something he said. Uh, this film's portrayal of violence as as a reflection of its contemporary culture writing death is a random act in post 9-11 horror the result of being in the wrong place at the wrong time as the cliche goes (laughs) what do you think about that um a little morbid (laughs) yes a little morbid It's, it's more it's morbid but true yes i mean in a nutshell i'm just gonna say it's morbid but true I guess if you really look at, uh, as you said, post 9-11 horror, we also, during that time frame, got uh, another great classic, Michael Hankey's Funny Games, which is a quietly disturbing film that was remade into another quietly disturbing remake. Yeah, you know? the remake was fucking terrible. Yes, the original film, I think it's Swedish. Uh, it was completely 
like you are I'm never going to the Hamptons. I'm never going on vacation. No, sorry. You know? Yeah, no, the new the remake that they did was terrible. It was just big actors in a remake. That's all it was. Yeah. I was about to say it was nothing special. They just got a bunch they got some actor actors and actresses where they did it, but it's sometimes I feel like remakes movies like they get ruined by big name actors or actresses to be honest yeah because it's like a lot of the times they bring them in they read the script that's watered down they haven't ever seen the original they don't have that commitment to uh respecting the original kind of like outline i mean that it's either that or actually some of them like if they do a remake from an original like some of them actually will put their effort into it but definitely like I don't think in this particular aspect they did, so. Nope, not at all. And everybody, I want you to know that Evil Pris and I will be coming up with new kinds of concepts like this every week. So stay tuned. I mean, two weeks or a week. We're going to tell you when we're going to do a new podcast. We're going to let that know on Instagram. But yeah, Evil Pris's makeup background is going to be shown very much so during a lot of different movies where they are shown a lot of makeup effects, prosthetics, and so on. We're not going to focus on CGI or anything like that. We're going to focus on things that in our industries we both love to talk about and respect the other artists that perform these duties. Yeah, because if you like CGI better than actual practical effects or real life things, then that's not that's not cool. <laughs> nah, it's not a horror jam, as you would say. No, I, I get that people have their reasoning of why they don't mind it or whatnot, but I mean, I know that a lot of people don't actually, a lot of people don't actually notice it. They don't think anything about it. Unfortunately, I like, well, I'll dissect all the different movies and like, I'll know, and then I get kind of sour. Well, that's going to be one of the coolest things the horror lovers are going to love about you and I on this show. And I'm going to, I'm going to set you up for a situation that gets you nice and toasty and want to rip apart. Why a movie is horrible because their makeup's not real and CGI. Yeah, just like we did for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure as we see the new films that we're going to be watching throughout the next few months, uh, you're going to have a lot of conversations about that. Most likely. I would say so. All right, so everybody stay tuned for more segments. But right now, it's going to be me speaking about the sponsors of our great show. First of all, I want to talk about Pray For Us Clothing with a promo code of THS Shop Shop with your discount code all the time. Now, great new update. They have their limited release, Memento Mori, plus a blanket currently available. I don't know how long it's going to be available, but it's currently available. Comfy and stylish, good for you, good for the couples that slays together and more. And also, their end is near, tees for everyone still available, and stylish, dark and haunting, Right bags and flight bags, tote bags, socks, and more. Their IG is Pray For Us Clothing, and website is www.prayforusclothing.com. And I want to say thank you to our new official sponsor, good friend of our show, Blood Witch Unlimited, which is a company focused on providing you with the highest quality products relating to all things dark, macabre, serial killers, cults, and underground music. All products with limited qualities quantities and most hand, mostly handmade so messages look within and they are bloodwitchunlimited.com IG and Facebook Bloodwitch Unlimited check out these two great clothing brands 
Now, Jackie, let's start another new segment. I mean, I mean, first, I'm I sorry. I'm segments based on a true stories. Yes. Oh my God. You are giving us the segment that everybody should be making comments about. So what is this called now? You tell me. Based on a true story. Horror I just films. said that. I know. I, I said, just said that. I know you did. I'm going to say to you, so why do you think people are going to actually want to hear this? Because how many horror movies have you and I have seen where you start the movie and based on a true story, facts on a true story? Oh, so many times at this point. Because they have no ideas. They ran out of good ideas. So they have to base all these different movies on like true stories because they ran out of ideas. Get better ideas. Can you think of one movie you saw, like you tragically hated when you saw the term at the beginning of the movie, based on a true story, finish the movie, and then after you finish the movie, you're like, give me an effing break based on a true story. Honestly, there hasn't been like a ton. Any of the ones that I've seen, I actually didn't mind them. I didn't really, well, I didn't really watch a ton of movies where it had like in the caption based on or even if I have, honestly, I don't remember half of them, but you don't actually know if they're really based on true stories. I'm sorry. There's some movies I saw where it says based on a true story and it's it's not always accurate. Sometimes they put that up there just to mess with you. So Yeah, because yeah, like <laughs> I, I think the, I think the based on the true story concept, uh, you, you have to like yes, horror. OGs like us, and all our OGs, we all know that it's marketing 101 that you're, it's going to say it will be a little better if you say based on a true story. I mean, yeah, and I'm that... not saying they're not, and I'm not saying they all, they're not. Like some of them are, I get that, but like not all of them are. They're just doing it, like you said, to kind of hype it, give it a hype. And then what, what really killed uh, horror culture was this in the, it was the late 90s or middle 90s when instead of based on a true story, it's found footage. Based on it, you know, found footage. <laughs> yeah, it's just like the Blair Witch Project. Oh my God. I remember going to see the Blair Witch Project with like a girlfriend at the time. And seriously, I'm not going to lie here. There were people in that audience. You. that it is scary. No, you. no. It was, or wait, was, no, let me guess. It made you feel nauseous. It made me feel like, uh, what, what happened? You know? <laughs> Honestly, like it, it, the camera shaking was like it was annoying. And the thing is, is I know that with video footage found stuff like that, they have to like move the camera around. But it was a little too. The one part that was actually creepy in that movie was at the very end when they like see Josh in the corner, and then like the camera out. I was just like, you know, don't put Josh in the corner. Actually, here's the thing with that. Here's the one thing with that. I felt bad for the actors at the after when they were interviewing them after because unfortunately, like the fucking crew was actually messing with them. They actually were really scared and shit like that. So, did you know that? Yeah, they were messing with them to get the real. Yeah, they were like they were literally messing with them, writing them notes, like the things they were planting half the shit. So, I mean, think about it this way, dude. If you were thinking that you were making a movie and like the whole entire time you just start, that's really messing with them for real. 
Well, yeah, definitely. Like, I think it was two best friend directors who did that movie, and they knew these kids. They were all they knew what they were doing. They're actors, and their their names are actually their real names in real life. No, they didn't. That's the thing. They didn't exactly know what was going to happen. That's my point. They had no idea half the stuff that happened was going to happen. That was all based off of they were really freaking out and afraid. You know what's even worse then? After the movie was and it was shopped around, and it was marketed. You had their faces planted on posters and everything. And these three actors that thought this movie was going to change their lives, this project was going to change their lives because they committed to it, they were like jokes in the film industry forever. I think there was only one of the guys in that movie. No, at first they actually, at first it was a big hit, but then after a while it just, it became like any other horror movie. It became a pun. No, because they... they try to keep it like no, it was on sci-fi. They really try to say, "Oh, it was it was really happening." This is found footage movie. Yeah, but the thing, they, yeah, they did say it was found footage. And the thing is, though, is like at first when people were first watching the movie when it first came out, a lot of people didn't know if it was real or fake, and that's why at first it actually was a hit. It did eventually become a pun joke. A little while later but at first it actually was a very big hit because actually people weren't sure if it was real or if these people were actually real or if they were really dead like honestly like there was a lot of people i know for a fact that started looking on the internet like wondering if that was like a real thing that happened so i i will have to say that <laughs> i disagree with you on that it was actually a hit at first no i know it was one of the biggest hits at first all I could think about, even I know I was very young at that time. All I even I remember even thinking this with my buddy at the time. Um, you think that if you this movie would actually be this movie would actually get made into a theater movie? Come on, this would be shown. First of all, law agencies and everything else. Give me a break. That's real. I, there's no way I thought that was real. I really could tell you. I I, I thought paranormal activity was more but real. The thing than that. is. is- the thing is, is that's a matter of opinion. You don't have to think it was real, but there were that did, though. So it's one of those things where you were like, that wasn't, that's not real, that's not possible, but a lot of did, and that's what made it an actual, at first, a successful thing at first. But I then obviously, it, yes, it became a big joke after a little while, but it was, it was not right away a failure. No, I think what really made it a giant success at first, there was nothing like it at all during that time. Nothing. There was nothing being shown. And that got out all the, the young college kids, it got out all the horror fans that wanted to see something new, me included. And yeah, that, that got us there. I mean, I paid a ticket, so obviously I was into it. It wasn't until I want to compare a good movie, way more marketed, way more shot, better. Paranormal Activity was done so perfectly better than this because their whole marketing ploy of the movie comes out at midnight. Their first two movies, you had to go to midnight showings to see the first showing of that movie, and that sold so much tickets. Yeah, but you're talking about Pete. You're talking about a movie, Paranormal Activity. You're talking about that type of movie where that came way later. So. Of course, like that's impressive for them at the time in the later in the late 90s. That was impressive at the time to even think of that concept. Of course, paranormal activity is going to be shot better and they have like more things to choose from because it's been it's been years and they refined things and they had a bigger budget. You you can't really say that paranormal activity is better than Blair Witch. Blair Witch started the platform of those types of movies. So 
I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll say the Blair Witch Project. Uh, what they did with that, they started a whole genre on its own, and it was very. Yeah, but I'm saying you were saying that. Yeah, I'm saying you were saying that paranormal it was better. Like you can't actually say that and compare because it's it's literally off the tier of that. I'd rather watch Paranormal Activity, but I would say Blair Witch. Okay, well then, in your opinion, you like, but in your opinion, you like it better. Yes, and I would I would totally watch Blair Witch again with like friends or something not by myself. It's pointless, but like it it is a very great exercise in independent filmmaking. As I was an independent filmmaking student, and I appreciate how they used everything at disposal for almost nothing. And they, what they made with almost nothing, they made a dynasty off that term, the Blair Witch Project, in merch, in sequels, and what Sona, and a genre. Yeah, any of any genre that it has come out since then like that has been completely, strictly, pretty much riding the coattails of the Blair Witch Project. And I'll say at that time in our, that decade of our lives, they at least had the balls to make something different and very different and a, a lot of hard hard terminology and we get that maybe once a decade sometimes we're now in a new decade i hope that people in our horror community that we're aligned with or we know we're able to see a new decade movie that changes the game and gives us something different to talk about something that yeah, we're but, surprised dude, by you know that's not you know that's not going to happen like in our I'm, lifetime anymore we're, I, we're, I don't i don't want to say it's not going to happen because if we connect with enough horror lovers in our world we together can maybe inspire, they can inspire us, someone can inspire one person in the world to do something different and give an idea. That's how you're going to do it. You can't rely on Hollywood. You have to rely on Yeah, that's, what, that's how you're going to, that's how you're going to do it. But it's just a matter of if that were to happen. But until then, like, I will say until then we're screwed. So somebody had better hurry up. And we're not making anything right now, so we can't say we can do better. So I, I'm going to agree with Evil Press. We're pretty much screwed. <laughs> yeah, we're pretty much screwed for right now until they make something else that's actually, like, decent to watch. Uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah, that, 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 <laughs> you, said, you said it right there. You really did. I just I put love... things in a nutshell, basically. <laughs> yep. All right, so now let's go to how people can follow us. I'd like to start with you. So people can follow me either on Facebook as Jackie Hunt. My special effects page is on Facebook as well, Blood, Guts, and Everything Nuts. Or you can find me on Instagram uh, under Evil Pris. And you can follow me by email at electricsugarpop69 at gmail.com. Any of those platforms, you can be able to find me, book me for any kind of gigs. Just in general, check out pictures, collaborate hang out with us you know one of these times you name it that's how you can get a hold of me and on to you Zach. all right so i want to tell everybody please uh follow us on instagram we're trying to build a great horror community with everybody and we're getting some great friends on there supporting our, us and we're supporting them so on instagram we're the horror supernatural chop shop very easy and very soon we're gonna have a facebook page the horror supernatural chop shop and my email is zach THS shop shop at gmail.com. You can find me and email me your questions or like comments there, but we urge you very strongly to give us your comments and your feedback on the Instagram page where evil Pris and I will comment back. And maybe we will even talk about your comments on our next episode. So or, listeners, maybe, 
or maybe if they have good enough questions and stuff like that we could even invite them onto our show at some point in the future absolutely and even get them involved in some really cool hard trivia games and more yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i just want to tell you evil pris man has ideas and me over here og zach our guy I don't sleep, as Evil Chris knows sometimes. I come up with some crazy ideas, and between us, when you're a guest, you're going to have some fun. Some really chopping, shopping fun. I'm going to mess with them a little bit. I will be very upset with you if you don't mess with them a little bit. Okay, I was about to say, <laughs> if you were about to say you were going to be upset for me messing with them, I'd be like, we have a problem. No, I need you to mess with them, as I think I might have to mess with them a little bit on other stuff, such as trivia, because I want to make the trivia as hard as possible for people who are saying they're OG horror fans. Yes, we got to put them in their place. I, I agree. We're on that same page there. And all right, this has been our third episode. We're going to let everybody know on Instagram, so follow us, when the fourth episode is up. Because Evil Press and I, sometimes we come up with a thing, and we get this hard urge to maybe just do a, a weekly episode instead of a bi-weekly episode. So just stay tuned and let, you know, let us tell you when we're going to have the next episode up. And thank you for supporting us, listening to us, and continue to support us. And support Evil Press's amazing, amazing makeup career book her now because halloween's a few months away and you won't get in contact with her any close to september trust me hell yeah creep it real and we're horror people so no bullying horror lovers all right we're in no bullying horror zone chop shop zone no horror no bullying zone if you bully come into our chop shop see what evil pris does to you on day one see what zach og horror guy does with you on day two see what we both do with you on day three it will be a verbal brawl Oh, a verbal ball, ball, but like you're just like crazy one. You'll bring a new instrument of destruction. I'll bring a new instrument of destruction. Oh, yeah. And, and our minds go to like the darkest places. So I don't bully because you're going to be done in that chop shop. Yeah, it's not going to be nice. Nope. I'm going to get us new hooks for the chop shop this weekend, okay? Okay. That's fine, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you know, the other one's a little dirty. I want to get us nice new ones for new blood, you know? Okay, if you insist. I insist, but all right. Thanks always to Evil Pris and listeners. We'll talk to you and listen to you, and you'll listen to us very soon. Yes. Again, everyone, creep it real and have a good night. And thanks for tuning in to the Horror Supernatural Shop Shop. Shop Shop out. Bye bye. Bye.